Thanks for listening to Gamblers. If you like this show, you might also like some of The Ringer's other narrative offerings, like Icons Club, a history of the NBA told through the voices of its most legendary players, or Gene and Roger, a look back on two of the most famous film critics ever and how their influence stretches to modern media. Or check out 22 Goals, a series touring nearly a century of World Cup history through the lens of 22 of the most iconic goals ever scored. Thanks for listening. Now let's go make some wagers. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. I'm outside in the middle of nowhere on the outskirts of Orlando, Florida. There are buzzards circling overhead, maybe a dozen of them. The faint smell of burnt rubber lingers in the air, and the pavement all around me is literally on fire. I'm surrounded by thousands of people, and where I am, Nothing is what it seems. Like it's December, but it's hotter than hell. And even though we're in Orlando, this ain't Disney World. The crowd is getting excited to see John Gotti and the Chosen One compete for the championship belt. But despite the way it sounds, this ain't some backyard wrestling competition. You may not be able to hear the announcer, but he's naming every kind of cookie you can think of. Chocolate chip, macadamia nut, cookies with raisins. But around here, cookies aren't something you eat. What kind of money are you raising for this weekend? A lot of, lot of cookies, they call it. <laughs> whole lot of cookies. Around here, cookies means money. And there is a lot of cash all around me. People waving it in the air with their hands, stacking it up on the hoods of their cars, hauling it around in plastic grocery bags. Because everybody out here is gambling. I got to go with Gotti, even though it hurts me to my heart. I'm gonna give you 2,000. He said it's in your pocket, it ain't enough. That was bad, man. (laughs) 
This is a gathering of gamblers from all over the country who get together in Florida every year for four days to bet sky high with each other on head-to-head, pedal-to-the-metal, all-out drag racing. That's right. The John Gotti I mentioned before, it isn't the deceased New York City mob boss come back to life to wrestle someone for a belt. John Gotti is a cherry red 1969 Camaro. And a man named Marcus the Axeman Burt has hauled it all the way from Macon, Georgia to challenge a car called the Chosen One from North Carolina for the title of the fastest grudge car in America. That, and the cookies of course, 10,000 of them to be exact. Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm David Hill, and this is Gamblers. Here we are at No Guts, No Glory, and this is what we call the Super Bowl of grudge racing. We've got cars present from almost every state in the union. That's Pro Stock Joe, host of the popular internet show Smack Talk TV. Like the NHRA, you know, those things are good, but graduation is great, and I'll tell you why, because this is a thinking man's game. The NHRA is the National Hot Rod Association, the governing body for drag racing in America. And No Guts, No Glory is held at Orlando Speed World, which is an NHRA member track. They hold all sorts of sanctioned races, what they call class racing, among professional drivers. This, however, is not an NHRA event. Grudge racing is more like pickup basketball. There's no governing body, no official rules or leaderboards. Simply put, grudge racing is any two drivers in any two cars that can agree to race. Grudge racing's been a part of motorsports for as long as there's been professional racing. In the 1930s and 40s, grudge races were just that, side races between professional drivers who had grudges against each other. Not like group races on oval tracks. This was two drivers who were pissed off about something that happened in a race who decided to take each other on head-to-head. First of all, we do it on our own dime. There are no national sponsors that, that give people money to build their car. Look at all these cars. They run the gamut from the $3,000 backyard car to the $300,000 car built by guys and their companies, okay? But uh, the thing that separates us is that, that nobody can protect us. The foundation of grudge racing is money, math, and mystery. The math is, all right, any two cars can race, but not, not necessarily head up. Okay, I'll tell you what this car is, I'll tell you what that car is, and once I find out a couple of things, like motor size, tire size, see, when we negotiate a race, both sides believe they can win. Any two cars can race, so you have to give a spot, make a step to make it fair. And once both sides think it's fair, somebody's gonna win, somebody's gonna lose, but that's what makes it fun. Both sides believe they can win. 
the money is obvious. You got to bet to make it legit. That's what really separates grudge racing from all other forms of motorsports. A grudge race is a money race. There's no sponsorship money, no purse money. There's only the money that both sides put up. Why you like grudge? What is it about grudge that's appealing? Money. Money? Money. You make money. That's it? Make money. And how do you make money at grudge racing? Bet. Bet. Bet money. That's Mike, the owner of a car called Bruce Lee. So what we'll do is say 500 on 5,000. That 500, if you don't race, is punk out money. Mm-hmm. Punk out money. Think of it as a non-refundable entry fee. Mm-hmm. So if you don't race me, I still get that 500. Mm-hmm. I'm five hours from here, so I don't want to come over to Florida and not have no step in it. So what they do is they say, okay, we'll go. Five. That's Marcus Burt. He's driving the John Gotti car today. He says he needs to know he's got a bed waiting for him before he makes the schlep to Florida. So what they do is they say, okay, we'll go $500 on a thousand. That means if I get to the track and my car breaks or I decide not to run you because your car looks way faster than mine, I just have to give you $500. That kind of pays for people's fuel money. And if you break your car, you get something for traveling this far and not get anything. The way Marcus explains it, for a lot of drivers, you need to bet a lot to make it worth the effort. I mean, at least takes five grand, you know, just, I mean, if it's somewhere over four or five hours because you got, you maybe you got hotels, you got three guys you got to pay to go, and you think, well, five grand's a lot of money, but it's really not when you start adding up what it costs. I mean, it costs, I think to get in here this weekend was like 500 bucks. It's just not a, a lot of extra money once you win the money, you know, and then if you lose the money, you're really behind the eight ball, you know? It's a long ride home. A guy told me a long time ago, always be willing to lose what you take. If you can't lose what you take, stay home. I mean, it could get crazy. Some of these bets go out here for 30, 40, 50,000. That's Rock, a well-known gambler in the grudge race scene. And while the drivers of the cars that are racing are betting between each other, all the fans are betting on the races as well. There's no bookies here setting the odds. Just guys like Rock, who negotiate with each other over head-to-head bets. Well, like, one of the things I noticed is, like, before the race gets ready, as the car's pulled up, everybody starts pointing, you know. Right, because they want to pick who they want to bet. So that guy's picking, I want this car, you want to bet. Then they call the bet out, and then they switch money, exchange money. Rock and I are in the staging lanes where the cars line up preparing to race. In addition to the crowds in the grandstands, there are hundreds of people crowded back in the staging lanes and right up on the starting line. The grandstands are where you sit if you want to watch some fast cars race. The starting line is where you hang out if you want to gamble. It's like the stock market floor, with people hand-signaling each other what they want to bet, people huddled up negotiating complicated wagers, arguing about odds, sizing up the cars as they line up to handicap their chances. They see the cars roll up. That's the first time they know those two cars. Not are really, up. no, because some, some of them be from their hometown, be friends of theirs. I mean, or you have some of these cars have their own uh, what you call it followings. Yeah, yeah, right. And these races have been mostly negotiated ahead of time before they got out before here. We so got here, yeah. word gets around that so and so is locked in with so and so, so they you know beforehand what you want to bet on. Right. So like you personally, you know some races this weekend that you already know that what I want to bet, bet on. on. Absolutely. And you have some where you want to bet a bigger number than others. Uh, some, this depends, you know, on 
how good they've been performing over the weekend. So it's a performance deal too when they're out here testing and showing what they can and can't do. Then it kind of gives you an idea how far you want to go with them. Do you ever adjust your strategy based on whether you're winning or losing? Like if you've been losing a lot, you want to like change it up and maybe take a shot, bet a lot? Sometimes. Sometimes you get frustrated and say the hell with it. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's normally what graduation about. Is, you know, a lot of betting your, betting your money, betting your team's money, taking that, taking that gamble. <laughs> that's Mike the Hitman Hill, a former outlaw street racer who made the jump to sanction drag racing and has traveled the world as a championship class racer. But he still loves grudge racing because unlike in class racing, where you know exactly what you're up against, in grudge racing, you can never be sure. Oh, most definitely, because you ain't... Like it's, it's different class racing. You're sitting there looking at how fast the competition goes versus here, you're assuming how fast your competition goes. So, yeah, it's a big difference. Yeah, and you could be in a worse car but still make money, still win, a, you know, if you can negotiate the terms, right? Absolutely. It's just like you got you to gotta be able to know the hustle. It ain't just, you know I mean? That's you Marcus Bird again. He told me that negotiating a race in grudge racing is a lot like figuring out a fair spot in a game of pool or a handicap in golf. While class racing matches up similar cars that should be equals under the hood and leaves the rest of the work to the drivers, grudge racing allows any two cars to match up on the track so long as the drivers can agree to a bet. In that sense, my 2010 Ford Escape could beat John Gotti as long as I could get Marcus to give me a 650-foot head start. So you can see how the negotiations, or the hustle, is everything. Just, you know, I mean, you got to know the car you're running, do some research, because, you know, it's everybody's out to try to beat them whichever way they can. You know, if they can't beat them on a track, they, they do a lot of steps. You know, some guys give each other back tires. It's, it's just a whole list of things you can do to grudge race. Well, can you explain that to me a little bit? What's the tip? <clears throat> well, just say me and you were going to race, and you think your car's not as fast as mine. They'll go, okay, well... You'll ask me, well, how about let me stage my back tire so that when we leave the start line, you, you'll stage your back tire to my car. So that gives you a car length head start, or you'll say one and one to clear means we'll run side by side off the start line, but I got to clip somebody at the, other, at the finish line with a camera making sure I clear you or you clear me. You know, some are odd to money. It may be $500 or 1000 There's just all kind of stipulations. You, the, the stipulations is the hard part because that's, that's your... You know, you try to make the race even if you're slower than that person. But if you don't make it even, you've already lost the race before you've begun. Al- you've already lost the race. Yeah. That's really interesting to me. That's Knowing the car you're up against, however, is no easy task. This is where Pro Stock Joe's mystery comes in. Even if you negotiate a spot you think is fair, you still might get whooped because you might underestimate your opponent's car. While some of these cars, like John Gotti, look pretty sweet, most of them look like they were bought off Craigslist. What's under the hood is a closely guarded secret. In fact, some people call this racing NT racing for no time, because they make the track turn off the timers so nobody can see how fast the cars were going. That's all just part of the hustle and grudge. Mike from the Bruce Lee car explains. Horsepower calls money. These guys might be have some ugly cars, but might be $200,000 invested in the car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is that intentional to make sure that the uh, car doesn't look on the outside like it looks on the inside? That's intentional? Yeah, that's intentional. 
yeah, it's all it's all a game. It's it's who's got the best hustle. Let's you see some cars beat up, dents in the side of them. That you know, the car looks like it's worth ten grand. The motor's worth sixty. You know, but a lot of them don't pop their hoods. You know, I don't really care who sees mine because everybody knows what I do. I do this all the time, so That's you can't hide it for so long. What Marcus is saying, without saying it, is that he's one of the best out here. He's won a lot of grudge races. And that's what matters. Think of him as a, a subtle version of Dom Toretto from The Fast and the Furious. Ask any racer, any real racer. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. Marcus started racing cars over 20 years ago. At first, like a lot of grudge racers, he cut his teeth racing on the street. And while street racing is incredibly dangerous and the criminal penalties are stiff, that's not the reason most street racers make the jump to the drag strip. Well, I think they start street racing, then they get faster, you know, and then it's hard to make the car work on the street. So they, you know, come to the track and just go from there. They go from the street to the drag strip because their cars simply get too fast to race on the street anymore. The car Marcus drives, John Gotti, is souped up with a Fulton engine that's powered by nitrous oxide, or NOS, another Fast and the Furious staple. I need NOS. I need NOS. No. My car topped out at 140 miles per hour this morning. Amateurs don't use nitrous oxide. I've seen the way you drive. You got a heavy foot. Without getting into the science, just know that when you pump nitrous oxide into an engine, you can add literally hundreds of horsepower. Using NOS in an engine requires a well-engineered setup, constant monitoring of things like bottle and fuel pressure, and perfect timing. Mess up, and that $500 nitrous kit can destroy your whole car. Get it right, and you're going to fly. The cars at No Guts, No Glory are loaded with tanks of nitrous. A lot of them are pushed to the starting line because they can't be driven except at these absurdly fast speeds. And while they wait in the staging lanes... Teams of people hold blowtorches to the nitrous tanks to regulate the pressure, while others hook laptop computers to the engines to monitor them. These cars may look like hoopties, but they are delicately engineered technological marvels under the hood. And all of that costs a lot of cookies. A car like this is probably about 200. That's Derek Stanford. He and his brother run a collision and auto body shop in North Carolina. This is their first year on the grudge racing circuit. And they saved up their money from their business to build their car, Chosen One. Our car is, uh, it has stock uh, roof and quarter panels, all carbon fiber, fiberglass windows, pretty much a race car. We, we pretty much built this car to be one of the fastest and we like to race the fastest. Like Marcus Burt, the team behind Chosen One aren't interested in hiding what their car can do. In their first year of racing, they came out and challenged the best cars in the country, and they've been winning. Yeah, it's something. It was a rivalry going back and forth. Uh, we ran for the belt. We ran for a rock for the belt in uh, September. The fastest 28 car in the world. Uh, we won that race. But holding the championship belt and the title of being the fastest car on 28-inch tires was not enough for them. They wanted to make sure there was no doubt they were the best. So they needed to challenge the best. Since the car they beat for the belt had lost to John Gotti, that meant that they needed to beat John Gotti too.
This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. The big race this weekend is for the championship belt which is currently held by the upstart crew behind the Chosen One car from North Carolina. But despite holding the belt, they're the challengers in this race. They challenged Marcus Burt in the John Gotti car. I asked Marcus how the race came about. How our grudge race started, like I said, I don't know him. He's a young, young guy, I think he's kind of new to the game, but he seems good. The car that Chosen One beat to win the belt lost a race to John Gotti. So the perception was that the chosen one isn't the real champ unless they beat John Gotti too. So they did what you do in grudge racing if you want to challenge someone to a race. They called the Willie Dog Show. Good evening, good evening. We back here again, y'all. Just something to do a little something because we ain't got another. The Willie Dog Show is a weekly radio program broadcast live over the internet where racers and racing fans call in to talk shit, beat their chests, throw down a challenge, or all of the above. I ain't never heard of you. They called Willie Dog to say that they wanted a piece of John Gotti, and Marcus Burt heard it. I, I didn't even know anything about him. I just knew how fast my car was, and I just didn't think he was nowhere near that. Yes, you know? but you didn't give him any steps. No, no. He didn't ask for any. No, we didn't ask for He, I think he thinks his car was faster than mine. Mm-hmm. You know, so he felt good, and I felt good. If he had asked you for some, would you have? Been open I probably video. would have, but I wouldn't have let him know that. You know, if it, if it come down to getting a race, I had to get the race, I probably would have done something. You were that confident? Yeah, oh yeah. No stips, no haggling, no bullshit. The Chosen One and John Gotti would race head up for $10,000 in the belt with $2,500 in punk out money. And they would do it at the Super Bowl. No guts, no glory. 
By the 1950s, grudge racing had become synonymous with amateurs racing each other for money, and various tracks around the country were actively trying to ban the practice and rid it from the sport. Grudge races were seen as unsafe, and often they attracted a nefarious crowd, which meant fights and general mayhem would follow. By the 1990s, outlaw street racing was a major phenomenon. And to encourage people to get off the streets and race in a controlled, safe environment, some drag strips started inviting street-legal cars onto their tracks to race. The practice was celebrated by police departments that were weary of street racing. In time, the scene that grew around these head-to-head money races exploded. Tracks everywhere saw that their test-and-tune nights, that were usually reserved for pro cars to come out and run test drives, were inundated with cars unofficially racing for money. While some tracks tried to run the grudge racers off, others decided to capitalize. Grudge racing generated huge crowds, probably because the crowd at a grudge race aren't just spectators, they're part of the action. So what's fun about coming to No Guts, No Glory? I just like to win the money. Yeah. You like to gamble? I like to gamble. Visha is in the right place. It seems everybody here likes to gamble. In the crowd, there's a lot of haggling going on. How much? What odds? From the staging lanes to the grandstands, everybody at No Guts, No Glory is gambling. It's everywhere. Hey, Cowboy, Cowboy, who you like? Cowboy, who you like? They running head up or they running one and one? That's how we bet. The drag strip is an eighth of a mile about 660 feet long. And all along that strip is a real festival atmosphere, for better or for worse. Families and children gathered around grills having cookouts, music blaring from speakers and people dancing, people huddled around cars poking around in the engines. But that's not all they're doing. Maybe $20, $100 over here to yeah. the most. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we're doing. But everybody's been though. Everybody's been having a good time. Yeah. That's what it's all about. And not just on the races, either. Out here, people are betting on everything. No Guts, No Glory is like an open-air casino. There's dice games. 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven. There are poker games on card tables out in the middle of the staging lanes. And this might be the last place in America where they still run the three-card money and the shell game scams. It was kind of a circus. The place was crawling with hustlers. I'm not exactly a stranger to the scene, to that vibe, but at No Guts, No Glory, it was kind of a new feeling. Like I could barely get out of there without people wanting to try to take me for every dollar I had. Forget about betting on races. If you show up there with a pocket full of money, if you're looking to gamble, it's going to find you. Are you you winning money or losing money? Right now I'm losing. Uh, Well, what's the plan to get in the green here? Put my ski mask on and rob some of these fuckers. (laughs) Walk the 660 feet of the Orlando Speed World drag strip, and you're liable to see it all. From wholesome family fun to downright larceny. There's really something for everyone at the grudge races, just so long as you find where you fit in. And if you can't seem to find a place for yourself, just walk all the way to the end of the strip, where the cars cross the finish line and light up the light that indicates the winner, All the way down there, the cars at the starting line look like tiny little dots. And they grow larger 
during the seconds it takes them to hurtle down the track and release their parachutes. If you can't find a place for yourself at No Guts, No Glory, down there might be where you belong. Why are you watching down here? I'm in the right place. Dude. You in the right damn place, though. Everybody got money over there in the start line. We down here on the finish line. We broke down here. Oh, this is the end of the line. Yeah, this is the end of the line. While most folks here are gambling, make no mistake, everyone here, whether they're gambling or not, are here for the cars. The cars are the stars of the show. Sure, the drivers are a big deal. And they have their own reputations, but people don't refer to these races as being between Germain and Marcus. It's Chosen versus Gotti. In fact, sometimes these cars will race around the country with different people driving them. In that way, this is more like horse racing and the driver's more like jockeys. The people come to see the cars. These are people who grew up around cars. The people who insist on driving stick. The people who tinker around under their own hoods, who would never take their car to a jiffy lube, who have grease and oil running through their veins. I don't know much of nothing about cars. My dad taught me to change my own oil when I was a teenager, but beyond that, I don't know a carburetor from a radiator. I can appreciate a pretty looking car, and there are a few of those here. But most of these cars aren't much to look at. They're loud as hell. They go fast, but for such a short period of time, if you blink, you'll miss the whole race. And if you don't spend a lot of time around racetracks and cars, the scene can be overwhelming. It's loud, chaotic, and it feels dangerous. The drivers are buckled into safety harnesses and wear helmets, but everyone else is just standing around the track, so close to the cars you could touch them. Twice during the weekend, there were accidents that required ambulances to be dispatched to the track. It's not all fun and games. Thousands of pounds of metal and burning fuel shooting forward like a bullet out of a gun. It's more than just a hobby. It's serious business. And as someone who doesn't really get cars, it was overwhelming for me. Luckily, I do get gambling. And speaking to you as a gambler, this game has some real appeal. Yeah, nah, in the staging lane, that's what, if you betting, you gotta be in the staging lane, don't be in the stands. You only gonna get like five, 10, $20 in the stands. Come back here, everybody betting the real money. This is Trey, a young man from Texas whose father used to grudge race and who's been coming to the races since he was a young boy. But this weekend, he traveled to No Guts, No Glory for one reason and one reason only, to gamble. And as they get ready for the John Gotti Chosen One race, he's looking for some of that real money and he finds it right there between the red car, which is Gotti, and the orange car, which is the chosen one, there's a guy Trey's never met before hollering about how nobody will bet him. Everybody's scared to bet. I go the other way, fuck it. I go the other way. Who you like? The problem is, despite the fact that chosen one has the championship belt, everyone in this crowd wants to bet on John Gotti. So it's hard for anyone to find a bet let alone a big one. But this guy, frustrated he can't get any action, he says, fuck it. He'll bet on Chosen One. Trey hears him and immediately makes a beeline for him. Who do you like? Who do you like? I like over there. 
This was music to Trey's ears. But this guy was no sucker. He didn't want to bet straight up. He knew by taking the car nobody else wanted, he was entitled to a price. And Trey was happy to oblige him, because that's a big part of how Trey does business. Yeah, because he wanted odd money, so I had to put up way more to win less. But I still, still something better than nothing. I, I, to be honest with you, I'd rather give odds than, get, than take them. Okay. In the end, they agreed to bet $2,500 against $1,500. And as Trey walked away, happy to have found a bet, the guy turned to the crowd and said, He's asking, anybody else want to try that? Fuck it. I still got some more money. So Trey came back and said, Okay, you got more money? Let's bet more money. How much do you want? They ended up doubling the bet. A huge amount for Trey's bankroll. Whatever the crowd saw in John Gotti, they couldn't have possibly known what all was going on with the Chosen One. Derek Stanford from the Chosen One team said they had some issues with the car right before the race. We was rushing to do a transmission and converter change, done in about 40 minutes to make it time for the race. So we made a simple mistake of turning the valve off is for the shifter. The shifter requires nitrous and a certain amount of pounds, and if it doesn't happen, it's not going to shift. They didn't feel great about the condition of their car. Ordinarily, in situations like this, people will refuse to race and pay the punk-out money. But in this race, there was a lot more than punk-out money on the line. You know, uh, we had locked in the belt. That was the terms when we had discussed it. So we had the race, but we paid punk-out, we just gave the bunk belt away. So we'd rather take a chance or just racing and give something away that we earned, you know? Gotti won. And what it cost the chosen one in this particular race was $10,000 and the championship belt. The belt, believe it or not, I like the belt more than the money. You know, the belt's just a grudge racing belt and it's kind of, it's probably kind of dumb to a lot of people, but the belts like being the man. I like knowing the belt. And, and if somebody being the man, however, doesn't come without a price. Now that the John Gotti car has beaten all the best, people are going to start demanding some stips to race him. And Marcus loves to race, so he's inclined to give them what they want. He depends on his team to handle the business end, and he sticks to the driving. Yeah, they didn't talk, they didn't talk me back because I'll get out there and get out there and left field with them if I ain't careful. Uh huh. So you got some guys on your team who yeah. are more careful. That's right. Very careful. Keep you out of trouble. They, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they don't want to. Meaning they don't want to let you give away too much of an advantage. That's right. The main thing of the grudge game is you want the playing field to be even, but you also want it to be your advantage. So you got to know the hustle side of it, which I've never been good at that side of it because to me it is what it is. It's fifty-fifty odds. Marcus has been around a long time. So I had to ask him, had he ever been hustled? Not in racing, I got hustled on a coin flip one time. What you mean? Guy come up to me and said, hey, you wanna flip quarters for a hundred? I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll do it. You know, I just read one a race, now what's a hundred dollars? He said, if it lands on heads, I win. I'm like, okay. He flipped the quarter, it landed tails up. So I thought I won, but think about it. It didn't, it landed on heads, there was no way I could win. I got hustled. Yes, you did. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I was pretty pissed off about it, but uh -huh. I learned a lesson. 
that lesson was simple. If you can't hustle, you better not get hustled. When I caught back up with Trey after the race, all the nerves had disappeared. He was feeling pretty proud of himself. Uh, I know it was an easy race. He just gave, I gave him odd money, so I baited him in. So he took it. So all right. Had easy, free money. This is where I think I fit in best at No Guts, No Glory. This type of gambling appeals to me. There's no bookie hanging a number for you to take or leave. There's no house fixing the odds in their favor. There's only you and every other person in the crowd negotiating whatever bet you can get. People's egos, their fears, their insecurities, all that psychology comes into play. It's like they say in poker, you don't play the hand, you play the man. A good gambler at a grudge race, it isn't somebody who can pick out the winning car. It's somebody who can pick out the sucker in the crowd. One man, one team by myself. You against the world. Chosen one. Let me get a little some of that money. You got some more money. Let me get a lot more money. I know the red Just make sure the sucker you pick has got a whole lot of cookies. Next time on Gamblers, we'll bet $2 million on Super Bowl Sunday. Sorry, man. At, at this point, I don't know what's in any stack. That's the sound of the money machine counting the $70,000 that we just bet. Gamblers was written and reported by me, David Hill. The show's executive producers are Juliet Littman and Sean Finnessy. Gamblers was produced by Bobby Wagner, Mike Wargon, Noah Malale, and Vikram Patel. Matt Dollinger was our story editor. Fact-checking by Daniel Comer. Copy editing by Isaac Levy-Rubinett. Sound design by Bobby Wagner. Mixing and mastering by Scott Somerville. The theme song was written by Isaac Lee. Other tracks you hear in this episode are from Epidemic Sound and Blue Dot Sessions. Art direction and illustration by David Shoemaker. And special thanks to Jade Whaley. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.